Hey everyone, we want to tell you about Music D20. We just started supporting Will Savino on Patreon, where he creates music for tabletop RPGs. As a veteran video game composer, Will's music covers everything from chill tavern tracks to epic battle music. The Music D20 already has more than 12 hours of music available for patrons to enjoy in their games. And we want to thank Will for making his music available for podcasters. We are thrilled to use some of his tracks for this episode. You can support Music D20 on Patreon at patreon.com slash music D20. You can also follow him on Twitter at music underscore D20. As always, this is Tony, and with me today are the following players. Hi, this is Bethany, and I'm playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliff, the human rogue fighter. Next time will be Rumble Squad Episode 2-2. Join us now for Sharpen Quill Episode 2, a glittery version of myself. Last time, having made a name for themselves as Sharp and Quill, the party begin to expand their business and enjoy a bit of downtime as they talk to friends, allies, and do some research on the various tomes and the map that they recovered from Tenebris's library. They eventually decide that they need to go and visit an old friend. Day two, during the morning overall, what's the plan? So I was just going to go ahead and visit Normoa to just say, hey, thank you so much for the help with uh, the sending spell and uh, just let her know, hey, yeah, we heard back from Talori. She's coming to Orenthal. Uh, so I guess whenever she gets here, we'll meet up. And if uh, we have time, I actually would be interested in having her come meet you just to say hello. Normoa, super excited for you incredibly hopeful to meet Talori. She would love if, like, the, maybe not the second she comes into town, but, like, if the second after, you can bring her by. Okay. Does Akiva share with her, and you know how I told you Talori was my childhood friend who stood up for me when I was banished? Well, I wasn't banished. I'm a war criminal who was scheduled to be executed. So, Normoro's kind of like my therapist, so yes. Yeah, I was pretty sure you'd tell her. <laughs> Serious concern for you, but glad you're okay. Yes. Also, there's, like, a little moment of just, like, oh my gosh, Talori, your best friend. Yeah. I will go to visit Zolus and fill him in on everything he missed while trying not to make him feel bad for missing it, because I know he had his whole designated survivor scenario, so he couldn't come with us. He is glad you are all all right. A little bummed he missed out. Well, it is like, yeah, I would have traded places with you if I could have. I did not want to go. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, he does agree. It doesn't sound like a good place. Uh, I will be, if possible, visiting with Erin and Lyle and Kellen. Okay, so... You make some quick stops at each place. Aaron kind of reiterates overall, yes, she's currently stuck here, but they're paying to have her relearn all her spells so she could have them in her book again. But she will be stuck in Orenthal. She's not allowed to go anywhere for quite a while. But she would be excited to hear your stories on the Abyss and that she's glad that Damien is okay. Yeah, I thought she might be relieved to hear that. So yeah, I'll fill her in on lots of stories. Kellen, meanwhile, um, is doing well getting a couple of jobs here and there thanks to Lyle and Gar they've been helping out a bit uh, and then Scriff take it easy on the morning and help curate the Nathandom artifact collection 
I know that's going to take some time, but just want to do at least some basic inventory. You get a start. It is a vast collection, but you are escorted around by Amelia as she points out a few things. And you have a few other people there that know a little bit more about the various items that you are introduced to. Does this make Scriff feel better or worse about private collectors? It depends. The people who are attending the artifacts, do they have a general interest or do they just treat it like furnishings? So Darwin seems to have some interest in it. He's not a big historian in that aspect of it. But the one who actually does go and procure such things and pays for them is the head of the household, Fabian, which is Darwin's father. You get the sense he does it for show. Well, what about Amelia, though? Because that's the person he'd actually be working with, right? Work with Amelia for a bit. But her focus is on taking care of the Dawn Herald. She doesn't care about these at all. She thinks they're interesting, but... Her focus is the care of the Dawn Herald. The various other people you work with there are interested in them, more so than Amelia, but Amelia seems to be the one that makes sure to escort people around the property. So only the underlings care? Some of them. They're hired by the Nathandoms to take care of the pieces. I think for Scriv, it would be like he has to find the right sort of investor. Because if he were to, like, say we sell the Statue of Tenebris to the Nathandoms, it'd just be a talking piece. Darwin would buy it. Like, I think Darwin would be the one exception that Scrib would make. He'd be like, on some level, he earned it. He earned it. Like, yeah. I believe you wanted to go check in on Salvador's shop. Yeah, and I think we should all go because we don't know what we might find because we went by before. And it was closed. But we did look him up in the Book of Lies and the last things we saw in there that he said that were lies made it very clear that he was going to break his number one rule which is he was lying about the confidentiality of a client, which is like how he makes his money is by never revealing anything. So for him to break that sounds like he was being directly threatened. So we're going to break in, I think is what's happening and investigate. So you guys head to the Ankle of Heights district. You arrive at the shop, dust stones, the doors closed, which Belinda, you know, is a rare thing for the shop. Because he's usually open for business because, well, he's a businessman. Nissa, how do you want to handle this? Do you want me to loop around the back and see if there's a back entrance? Or do you want to just try the front door? I generally always go for a back entrance if possible. Well, while you do that, Akiva and I can check the front door and see if, like, literally it could be opened. Otherwise, we'll wait out front as lookouts. Are there neighbors, maybe? People who would see him coming in and out? You guys could probably ask a neighbor or something. Well, let's do that while we're not in the middle of breaking in. Maybe afterwards, but I do think canvassing is a good idea. Okay. So Belinda, Akiva, you check the door. It is locked. There's a few windows around the front, but there are no other entrances that you can see. I guess I'm picking a lock at the front door then. Make a thieves tools check. 27. You put the tools in and you feel like it shouldn't have been this quick, but the door's unlocked. So you guys go in? Yes. And I put on my goggles of night in case it's super dark in there, because I can't see. There's some light coming through the windows. You walk in and you hear a sound of a bell ding. Like a regular chop bell? Yep. Okay. Do we just call out? Is that weird? After we close the door, initial scan to make sure there's nothing obvious. The interior, it's like a thin layer of dust that's beginning to form over everything. Several clockwork, simple ones seem to be all that remain in the front with various cases that are opened and empty. Like it's been looted? Could have been he just packed up. 
Yeah, he packed up shop, possibly. And from the dust, no one's been around here for a while since. And then just to remind you of the basic setup, there's the counter where he kept a lot of stuff behind. And then there's the door that leads to a back room. Salvador, are you in? No response. Well, I might go check behind the counter, see if he left anything, because he was a man of meticulous record keeping as well. I shall go with. Going behind the counter, you see several shelves back there, a small little box that's latched, but otherwise nothing else. I check the door to the back room. It is unlocked. Open it up. You see a small stairway that descends down to a basement. Can I open the little box? It is unlocked. It's opened. You see a few scattered coins within, equivalent about like five gold pieces. Anything unusual about these coins? It looks like it might just be a little box he keeps a lot of his coin in when making transactions, but it seems someone might have scooped a lot out in a hurry, and that's all that remains. This is what's left of his till, basically. Yeah. No papers? Not here. Is the layer of dust also on this staircase as well? Basically, it just, it seems like hasn't been in here in several days. I'll take out my broom of sweeping and say, get to it. Starts to clean everything up and actually closes all of the cases for you and organize it in the manner that Belinda would find most appealing. If you don't do anything else, the broom is going to stop at the edge of the uh, back room. Yeah, that's fine. Basically, I'm just going to set it up to leave it running because I assume I'll say, I I think if we're going down these stairs, we should probably all go together since we don't know what's down there. Yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. You guys descend the staircase. You can hear the broom above softly closing some cases and cleaning things up. You descend down in what appears to be kind of a workspace, storage space, and bedroom. It seems this is the area that Salvador held a lot of the uh, larger items from his shop, but most of the crates here are open and empty. You see some clockwork toys, a couple of what look like timepieces. Over in the far corner of the room is what looks actually the most lavish thing here, an extremely comfortable looking silk sheet bed. However, the bed is made and does not look like it's been slept in for some time. Beside the bed, a little ways, is a workbench with several tools and gears all spread across it. I would like to search for evidence that the last person here was Salvador? Like, no one, it doesn't look ransacked in any way, I guess. So evidence of any interference by anyone else. I'll go take the toys and one of the timepieces. You're stealing the dude's stuff? He was mean. He wasn't mean, he was just shady. Belinda, you can make an investigation check. I'd like to see if there's any sort of, I don't know, hidden compartment underneath the desk or a false wall or anywhere where if he were leaving, maybe leave a message for somebody who's trying to follow. Could I say Scriven that? Yes. So roll with advantage. I will use Studious Eye, which when I make a Wisdom Insight check or an Intelligence Investigation check, I may add my superiority die to the ability check. Belinda, what was your total? A natural 20, so 28. Scriv, what was your total? 23. Akiva, you find this like little toy clockwork soldier looking thing. It's got like a tiny little sword, not sharp, and a tiny little shield. If you wind it up, it starts to move. And you've got this little time. It looks like they both need to be wound up, though, because right now the timepiece is not at the appropriate time. Okay. Belinda and Scriv, as you guys are searching the room, Belinda, you can tell... Salvador was the last person here, but a day or so before that slightly older prince than Salvador's, there are some heavy, heavy footprints. And based off of what Scriv and Akiva told you, 
It's either someone wearing extremely heavy armor or a construct. Okay. Scriv, you're checking the back wall. You're checking by the desk. Belinda, you also are kind of overall searching the room. You notice that there is a small latch on the underside of the desk. Checking initially, it looks like it is locked. Nissa? Why don't you take the lead? I'll assist. Okay, then. <laughs> Roll thieves tools with advantage. 21 total. It is a difficult lock. You are having a lot of trouble. But as Nissa's pointing out a couple of like the tricks she uses, you find the last little pin that you kind of hold up and turn and the latch and then the bottom part of the workbench, a small compartment seems to drop down and you see a small little coin purse and a ledger. This is the ledger we saw him writing in when he made a deal with us, I assume. Yes. You take a quick look on it. You can't see any names listed. I want to look at the last entries, though. It is a series of numbers and then a gold amount. Make an investigation check for me. 26. Was it Wendy who's the cartographer? Yes, Wendy Cromwell. Wendy who you spent a lot of time with. It's longitude and latitude. It's like coordinates. Most of the other numbers just seem to be some sort of designation given by Salvador. Doesn't seem to have any purpose. The last few are a series of coordinates. Well, funny enough, I was going to see Wendy this very evening. And based off of even your own general knowledge of like coordinates within the Empire, this is in the Empire somewhere. I will share this last string of numbers is a set of coordinates here in the Empire. I will take this to my friend Wendy, who's a cartographer, and see if she can give us the specific location. So hopefully she can help. But I'll look through the rest of this and see if there's anything else we can puzzle out. Scrib, you might want to look through this too and see if anything else stands out to you. But we've got plenty of time for that. Yeah. Seems like the memory was here before Salvador left. I'm guessing he skipped town because he didn't think it was safe to stay, and I can't blame him. Yeah. Now, whether the memory got here with Salvador or without him is the big question. Salvador has been here since the memory, so that would indicate he's probably, well, I hope alive elsewhere. Did he skip town under his own actions, or did somebody possibly... Given that there was still money in the till upstairs, I'm guessing it was a rush job. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that he lied seems he thought things were pretty dire. So I think he did what it took to ensure his own safety. So hard to know where he is. I wonder if these coordinates mean something. The leftover clockwork, given our experience with a previous artificer. Or is it all just run-of-the-mill clockwork? It seems these are simple designs from your understanding. I would like to pocket a few of the simple clockworks for personal study. Okay. There's some simple clockwork toys of various designs. Some look like animals, some look like soldiers. Take them apart, see if I can rebuild them. What about the clockwork stuff that we gave him? It's not here. Must have been important enough for him to keep. Seems like he's probably not coming back anytime soon. Do we still want to go ask around the the people in the close-by residences? I don't think so. It'll attract attention. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, did you see a giant metal construct that is not one of the ones owned by the city? That might be something that would freak people out a little bit. Okay, I guess we've learned all we can about Salvador's disappearance, then. It's not exactly bad news. I mean, it's not like his body's here on the floor. Yes, I suppose him not being murdered is always a good thing. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a smart guy. I'm happy he's not dead. I just wish we had more information about what this memory was after. Me too, but it happens. It happens even multiple times. It could have ended up much worse. I think, all things considered, we were pretty lucky. Yes, it could have. Have to get better. Yeah, especially at lying. 
collectively. When I'm the one that is lying our way out of things, things have probably gone very south. I don't like to lie. You know this. It's just a performance. I get that. I'm trying. I'm working on it. I know. Takes practice. Well, I say we head out. Leave this place that might be a crime scene. Who knows? I want to at least take these clockworks apart and see what we can do. You guys heading out? Yes. Grabbing the broom on your way out. As you guys are leaving the shop, closing the door behind you, you see a red-skinned tiefling, one Nissa and Belinda have seen before. Uh-huh. Y- you there? Hey, what are you doing coming out of Duststones? Do you know where he is? Who is this? This is the reporter. <sighs> what do you know of Salvador's disappearance? He has never closed his doors since he's opened up shop. Yeah, it is highly unusual. And here you are coming out of his shop. We were checking to see if he was in, and he wasn't. And the door was unlocked? I'm sorry, do you guys know each other? Who who are you? Oh, I am El Real, uh, reporter extraordinaire. But Duststones has been an establishment here in Ankalab Heights for years now. What? I thought this was just a place. He provides services and magical items and clockworks. I would say, well, the door's unlocked. You can check for yourself, but we should probably try to see if we can prevent people from going in until Salvador returns. Do you have any idea of where he is or, or what he might be doing? Or Oh, looked like he left in a hurry, but that's about it. Left in a hurry how? Do you have anything to do with that water genasi? Water genasi? Some helpful people in the neighborhood mentioned that a water genasi with some constructs were the last ones to be seen near his shop. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, no sign of any water genasi in the shop. All I really noticed was that he was very clean. I can tell you're looking for a quote or a story. I don't think there's anything that we know that would help you. It's kind of just a big question mark. Roll deception check for me. 22. Any thoughts on if the recent uh, Shadow Wolf infighting had anything to do with this? Not that I know. Literally, what are you talking about? There were dead Shadow Wolves in the street. Others that left, there must be some infighting. That's the only thing that makes sense. Do you have like a spare newspaper I could read? I feel very disconnected from current events. I currently don't have any copies on me. I am still trying to find the story on this. We have shadow wolves dying in the streets. We have a massive investigation that suddenly stopped from the Staff Federation over in the Gold Petal Gardens district. Well, we'd love to hear more information about this. Where can we find your newspaper? Actually, it's a few streets down to the north. Once I have this paper out, everyone will know about it. Okay. So this is something that you're building. I have several papers out. I just don't have any on this story yet because the story is not complete. Oh, okay. Good luck. If you hear anything, go to the Ornithal paper. It is, uh, like I said, down that way, and he'll give you an address in the Enclave Heights. Well, it sounds like you're trying to build up a big conspiracy here. So uh, best of luck. I will find this story. And he'll turn and start to walk away. Afterwards, you already mentioned, Belinda, you wanted to go see Wendy. Now you have this information, but you also want to see her about uh, the Tenebris map. Yes, I want to see if I can get any more specifics on potential locations, because Tenebris was a little sloppy in his map making, so he kind of circled like large areas that could cover a lot of terrain, so anything that might be like specific ruins or anything that would pinpoint a better location for us to go to. Does Scrib want to come with? Sure. I dabbled in cartography, so it'll be nice to speak to a professional. She doesn't know anything about the areas within the Kasim Desert? as it's largely unexplored due to the extreme environment that is there. And the lack of landmarks. Yeah. The one that is marked in Tenebris's 
thing as the Temple of the Prime. She says that she believes she's heard of ruins there, but the Solanan elves built a town above it. Perfect. She is not sure about the Wildlands. She hears there's lots of expeditions that go out there as there's various uh, treasures and lost artifacts there, but it is an incredibly dangerous location as there is an enormous amount of very vicious creatures out there. I'm assuming you're not telling her the names of these places as written into numbers, just the locations? No, yeah, just because on his map, he just like circled and marked X's and stuff. So it's sort of a, hey, Wendy, do you know what might be located here? I'm looking for a specific location. Basically, she can shrink the circles a little bit for you. Perfect. At least be a little bit more specific for you guys. So that, again, if you decide to go to those locations, you have a better idea of a more exact spot. The last thing I'll mention is for the one of the giant ruins. She knows there are many uh, nomadic Goliath tribes up there. So it's entirely possible they use an area as a place of rest or have established like a settlement there. Okay, great. And then for the coordinates. So um, she's kind of looking them over and she mentions it seems to be a series of coordinates leading first towards Chorton's Ridge, then towards North Pass. And it seems like it's indicating even further north towards Hawksburg, which is just outside the Empire which basically to you guys is just slightly northwest of you. So basically following the same path as the press gang? Looks like it. Okay, we won't tell that to Wendy. <laughs> no, I assume not. It seems like it's a series of coordinates indicating a path. She's assuming Hawksburg based off the direction, but the coordinates are actually not in Hawksburg. Hawksburg, which is outside of the Empire? Which is just outside the Empire. Okay, so uh, we'll thank her for her time. And I think call it a night. End of day two. You guys all rest up. We are going to jump 10 days for this next bit because I know you guys are doing a bunch of stuff in this time period. Overall, over the next 10 days, Akiva, what are you doing? Uh, in the mornings, I think I'm going to go ahead and just be training with Kanathar on how to play my pan flute. As Umbra is completely silent during this time. He's sifting through his memories, man. In the afternoons? I will just basically practice what he taught me. Okay. Still no sign of Tlori. And then for the evening. I will be performing. I need to help plug the Merry Siren as well as it wouldn't hurt to make some extra coin to help out with the party. Then roll me two performance checks. 11 and 16. Roll me 2d8. 15. Over the course of the next 10 days, you make the equivalent of 15 gold in various coins. Every little bit helps. All right, so overall, you plug the performances, you accomplish what you set out to do. Gregory will be pleased. Belinda, for the mornings, what are you up to? Reading the tomes and cross-referencing with the books we have available from the Erudite Sanctuary. Also, uh, we said we're doing combat training for Belinda and brain training for Scriv. Yes, so that Scriv can get better mental powers while Belinda tries to defend herself from a physical attack. Man, this new armor, it's good stuff. I will just not get better, I'll just buy better stuff. Afternoons? Definitely some time in meditation, just trying to process everything that happened. So starting to make sure we have the supplies we need, any maps, just getting ready to go somewhere. And other than that, in the afternoons, I'm just going to serve at the Temple of Adar, doing whatever Catherine needs of me. Evenings, I will be doing letter writing and reports. And I'll catch like a couple of the Kiva shows. I'm not going every night. I'm sorry. That's, that's like a lot. I'll catch the first show and the last show. You notice improvement in his performances as he refines his technique. Good. And I will tell him so, like, your show, it really has grown. Thank you. I'm trying. I can tell. Nissa, mornings? 
Mornings, researching, reading, journaling. Okay. What about afternoons? Uh, checking in with my paws. Okay. You do get several reports every day. And then in the evenings? Tinkering and basically assisting with anything anyone else needs. Do you go to Akiva shows? Yeah. And practice cards with Akiva. Okay. And then Scriv. So in the morning, I research with Belinda. And then once we're done with our investigations, we, I guess, loosen up with some combat slash brain training. Yeah. Mixing it up. Then after that, grab some lunch, stop by the Temple of Arleos to do some training, see if anyone is willing to teach me basic combat maneuvers, and I mean, just talk with the people in the Temple of Arleos. It's like, if you're interested, they will casually start to teach you some things. Of course, they would ask, like, would you like an, a proper instructor and all of that, which costs money. They want Scrib to pay for the gym membership, but he wants to just do the month's free trial. Yes, it's just a way to not get rusty. They have no problem if you're sparring there, but if you want to learn beyond sparring, that might be when they like, okay, yes, this is how we help fund our church. I mean, I do make a donation, so I'll give the gold throughout this entire time. Okay. And then uh, in the evening? Letters back home to my parents specifically and also to the uh, Silverblooms. Okay. During this time, you will get a letter from the Silverblooms. Initially addressed to you, but also please forward on to Orle, asking you like, hey, can you send her this information? Do you open the additional letter to Orle? Yes. It's a lot of comments of how is she doing? Is she okay? Is she eating well? Uh, she's feel free to come home at any point. She's so glad that met up with Scriv, who between the two of you, like you've always taken care of each other. It's it's a little bit sappy and very much talking like how they're very happy the two of you found each other. Again. And that's just going to make my letter heard a little bit more. During this time, also early on, you get a message from home, from your initial letter to them, talking about that everything's fine with the Eye of Adar. It's safe. However, your father and mother are going to be going out of town for a while, but should be back in a few weeks' time. Do they say where they're going? They do not. And then, I guess once my letters are done, tinkering and, I guess more research <laughs> not necessarily tenebra stuff but just odd books also during this time you do find out that the ball that is held in darvin's honor with the vanquishers of tenebris that you've you know was kind of initially meant to be a little bit quiet um has quickly started to spread the story of darvin's uh victory over tenebris and the team that helped him in this task okay so people are going to know about us then. Now, there are a lot of people who are like, who's Tenebris? Oh, thank goodness. Because he's a demon lord and people don't really care about extra planar things because they don't affect them. Because we take care of them. You're welcome. Darwin also does send you the date of the ball, which will be the 15th of entry, which is also the feast to Serdea, the goddess of love, beauty, and joy. And Serdea is one of the prime gods, right? Serdea is one of the prime gods. The nice one. She was originally the goddess that aligned with good. Now she is a chaotic good goddess. You guys all get this. You know that your your outfits for the ball will be prepared the day before and final fittings will be done then. Zolas also promised to help you, Belinda, in explaining any etiquette that should be done while in the Adamantine Palace, particularly in the presence of the king and queen. Oh, I tell the team we're having etiquette lessons. Like, like Zolas will be there, be there or be square. Obviously. Two days before the ball, 
Belinda, early in the morning, you do receive a knock on your door as Zolus is arriving to assist with you in preparing and discussing things with everybody for being around nobles for an extended period of time. First things first, uh, have you all talked about having a Shadar Kai in the room? What do you mean? We were hoping you could help with that. Obviously, Akiva's going to use his own name, but people around the city have seen him as someone who wears a mask. And I know he can't wear a mask to the palace if it's not a masked ball. I mean, I've been maskless around Darwin's household. Wouldn't that be fine? Darwin is one noble. Also, he is understanding. And yeah, the other noble families would not be uh, okay with Ashtarkai just being around the palace. Wow. What a bunch of insensitive jerks. They're nobles. And he can't go around in a mask and be, you know, eccentric. Eccentricity is for rich people. Yeah, no offense, Akiva, but Belinda's right. You're not uh, wealthy enough to be considered eccentric. So they think I'm a weirdo, whatever. You are a guest at the ball, but there are still restrictions to that. Honestly, I'm sure we could talk our way through it, but we'd be talking our way through it over and over and over and over again. Do you want to actually enjoy the ball, or do you want to... What do you mean enjoy? We're here to work, obviously. I'm sorry, I drink at the ball, so don't mind me. What if we play up the pale skin nature and, I don't know, touch up with some highlights to make him look like a clown? I mean, we could make him up to look like a performer, but also might be a distraction. We're just trying to avoid having a distraction that we have to explain to people. I mean, you're an elf, Akiva. Yeah, how good are you guys of makeup? I'd say we're pretty good. You could make him look more like just a regular elf. Hold on, can we do like a Mrs. Doubtfire style montage where they try the clown makeup and they try some other things before we arrive at the winner? That's why it takes all morning. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. boy. <laughs> he walks out from behind the curtain and Zolas and Blender are like, thumbs down. <laughs> so, as we are going through this montage, what's the looks? I'm thinking blue skin, aquan, like a sea elf, like a triton. That'll draw a lot of attention, and also, if you guys are trying to make a name for yourselves, they will expect him like that every time. Wash it off, Akiva. <laughs> you say, what if Akiva starts to peek his head out? Which <laughs> shoves his head back behind the curtain. I guess, wood elf? Very boring. No, like... people be like, oh, a wood elf's here. Where are you from? What's it so like? So it would just attract more attention. Can't Wash you make you look Akiva. like a really pale half elf? We'd have to fix your ears if we we're gonna have you as a half elf. Right. What did the traversal experts look like again? They were varying degrees of like somewhat silvery skin, pale skin. the The traversal expert was looking like a little, almost like a little red skin, but for the sake of like he might have gotten like a bit sunburnt because he's not used to seeing the sun. All. Silvery skin is just an off white. That's Okay. Glitter everywhere. Glitter, highlight, and then just wear a hood so that people don't, like, uh, the eyes. The eyes are going to be the dead giveaway. How are we going to fix the eyes? I mean, he could be part drow. Actually, if you mention that, that could help. So we have to craft elaborate backstory where Kiva explains his fake ancestry to avoid attention. He's a mix between a high elf and a drow. He doesn't want to talk about it very much. It reminds him of his parents. Okay. I can do that very easily. Where is he living now? He lives in Orenthal. It's a cosmopolitan place. Where he lives is now is not as much of a deal. I mean, you're all together as a group. Just making sure it's not another wood elf scenario where it's like, oh, well, where are you from? Uh, the Nephany tend to have a lot more attention drawn to them. 
because of the secrecy. So are we good with this super special backstory? I mean, it makes him unique, but not in a bad way. Guys, the more stuff I have to remember, the, the worse this is going to be. And the makeup's super easy. Here, I just pull out a small container of glitter. Every time you feel like your skin is a bit bare, just grab a pinch and toss it on your face and you're good. So I'm just a glittery version of myself and that that's what passes for normal? Less dead is really what we needed. Maybe a little blush. Who would like to roll the disguise kit check with advantage? I don't mind. I can help Scriff if Scriff wants to. Sure. That was a five. This is the test run, by the way. It's a nine total. It's a little janky. It looks like we literally just dipped his face in a tin of glitter. Guys, I don't know what's wrong with with me just showing up as a Shadar client and be like, who is he here to see? He was like, I don't know. Because nothing makes people feel comfortable more than a guy who witnesses death just casually hanging out. Thank you. Glad you agree. Yeah. Can we like do something about maybe the glitter being more consistent? Because right now it literally looks like you spackled him. It's a little heavy. Maybe a lighter touch for the final version. We'll do a lighter touch. Well, uh, how do you feel, Akiva? I don't even know. I, I just can't go as myself. So honestly, whatever. It's You guys are the best judges of this. Concept is good. Execution. Needs work. Get it. We get it. We get it. We're trying. I didn't realize you guys were such sensitive artists. It's the difference between us being able to attend this party without too many prying eyes and literally all of the attention being on us. I mean, mostly on him because of all the shininess. Yeah. I mean, you're glowing, but in like kind of an unnatural way, so I don't know. If- you're my friend, and I want you to have a nice time at this party. Whatever that means. So then do we go into etiquette and ball dancing training? Ballroom dancing, yes. I mean, it's been quite a while since I've uh, done any of the actual dancing at the palace, but the main thing you need to know is in the court, people of high social standing are expected to attend court and participate as courtiers. Everyone there is trying to maintain their position, which can be expensive. Like, they have to buy fancy clothes, or are we talking like bribing people? No, fancy clothes, pay for uh, feasts, entertain the king and queen if you have a high enough position. But basically, as long as you continue to pay up, maintain your position within the Adamantine Palace, being one of the king's favorites is a uh, big deal. So this is going to be the first time we get to see the movers and shakers of the town, then. You'll get to see the main noble families and the heads of the households, for sure. The entire empire. They're all here. Including the Stone Wars? Everyone. Now, I mean, if you head to the palace, I'm sure you've seen it a couple of times, but there are servants, courtiers all across the courtyards. But most of the time, I know you've gone to the Nathandam household and escorted there or gone to visit your mother, Belinda. Uh, it tends to be away from the Adamantide Palace, which is very crowded. If you're high enough rank, which for all of us during the ball, we'll get to see the Great Hall, which is maybe as far as you all get. But beyond that, there is the guard chamber, and if you want, the audience chamber, where the king and queen usually sit to receive their visitors. As a warning, just in case there are any enchantments on all of you when you walk through, they do have anti-magic checkpoints that provide further protection to the king. And we can't take any of our weapons with us either, because we will be searched. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. They don't want 
any of that in the palace. I mean, worst case scenario, we could probably get something from a guard if something comes up. Also, I can blast my way through anything. I don't know why you guys are immediately assuming there will be a need for violence. There are so many guards that if there is a problem that they require your help, yeah, it might be too late. Good to know. Guys, we're going for the free food and the opportunity to talk to people who might give us work. If anybody starts probing at me, you know that's not going to end well. So, is this going to be a buddy system? Got it. Nissa and I will stick together, and then you guys go entertain the nobles. I was there when the smoke bomb went off, Akiva. It worked efficiently the first time. You were caught somewhere between two chairs. I wasn't the one that needed to get away. That's my excuse. And Scrib? I will not be drinking anything. Only water. Avoid the family's brandy, by the way. Thank you. Ashglade brandy, it's just strong stuff. That's what you drink. Yeah, that's what I have a lot of. Hopefully everyone else has forgotten. I tried to make it go away. Most likely not, especially when- Are they announcing us? Of course. Yeah, especially since that's happening. They'll be like, oh, Vomit Boy, great. Any titles and accolades will be presented to the announcer, and they will announce you as you enter. Are you putting that on your list of accolades? No, but they'll be able to associate my name. Your name, Scriv? Well, I was thinking of going as Shannon. Yeah, and no one knows your name is Shannon. That is a fair point. Everyone on that expedition knows you as Scriv. Perfect time for a name change. Are you changing your name? I mean, Scriv was never my official name. It was just a nickname that I felt comfortable with. Do we still call you Scriv? Well, yeah, you guys are my friends. But when we're introduced as members of Sharpened Quill, then I can be Shannon. So let's just kind of nod. I like the name. We're trying to incorporate for tax reasons. Yeah, save a lot of money that way, that's for sure. If you need any help with any of that at all, just let me know. I can help in the future. If you can help us with some office space later on, just so we can have a forwarding address, that might work. I'm sure I can talk to some people. It's more expensive the more land and how much more space you want, but... It's a bit of a startup. We're looking for investors, too. You know, this will be a great time for us to go and talk to those nobles. You're absolutely right. Yeah. We're going to work. If you're looking for people to invest in the business, they'll probably want a job as proof that you can do what uh, you set out to do. But beyond that, I'm sure you'll find people to invest all over the place. Being a vanquisher of Tenebris isn't good enough, I guess. It's a good starting point. I mean, other than about 13 days ago, these nobles didn't know your names. We aren't nobles and we're never going to be nobles, so we can only rise so high. Do any of us want to be nobles? No, we just want their money. Zolas shakes his head as well. Sorry, Zolas. But, you know, there's some perks that come with the power. There are, which is how I'm able to help you guys out where I can. So, etiquette. Sirs, madams, appropriate forms of greeting so that they don't use whatever perks they have against us. Any woman in the palace is basically a lady, unless you're looking for the queen. Any man in the palace is basically a sir, unless you see them in some sort of military regalia or have a sign of their rank okay i'm gonna be real if anybody tries to talk to me there's a very distinct possibility i'm not gonna understand like 40 percent of what they say like if they bring up the word taxes or regalia we've got this covered here's some words you can use to respond to anything anyone says quite indeed so i have heard or just oh also a valid option and one trick that I did learn from my dad when dealing with these upper crust types is that if they say something you have no idea about, you close your eyes, take a couple of steps away, 
just to buy time. And then you walk back and say, indeed. Uh, rather is also an option. Interesting. Nobles are weird. There's a lot of rules. By the way, we're just trying to do enough to get by. We're not actually trying to integrate and like impress them with our amazing socializing. We just want to not draw attention and we want to get hired for some expensive jobs that will pay us very well because we can raise our rates. I assume that sounds good. Well, I don't want to accidentally like grip my gloves in my left hand and like insult a noble or something. Uh, we won't go into dual etiquette. I don't think it'll come up. I don't think that's necessary. But Zolus will be your second, if need be. Happy to help. I might be a little tipsy, but I'm happy to help. I see that there's dancing. We have to dance? I got this. Uh, not the dancing you're used to, Akiva. This is not a mode of expression or art. Then what's the point? To show your breeding. Because only rich people can afford dance lessons. Yes. So... Uh, recommendation, Zolas and I will teach you some of the most basic dances so that we can participate and not be seen as antisocial, but not get involved. Do I have to? I mean, you don't have to, but it's also a great way to, you know, see what people are wearing. Get close to people, you know. Mm, I guess. And then we smoke bomb out. There will be no smoke bombs in the palace, please. <laughs> I feel like we need a long list of things to not do. Please do not take anything that's not yours. Oh, that would be really bad. Punishments are very severe because nobles really like their stuff. Oh, uh, big, big thing. Um, don't go to dinner anything but happy. You have to keep a good attitude when it's time to sit down and eat. How you feel doesn't matter to nobles. So if you come in sad, it would make other nobles sad. And nobles don't want to be sad, so it would look badly against you. So just to clarify, Darwin invited us, so we're expected, but it'll be an experience. I know we're making it sound horrible, but we'll get to see interesting people. We'll learn a lot. The food will be excellent, as will any beverages you like. That's actually true. This is top quality food from some of the best chefs in the Vremer Empire. So for life at court, there's actually a strict set of rules called the Miller Ordinances. It's basically a book that governs everything. Oh, I got, hold on. Yeah, Zolas pulls out his copy. Only nobles have this book. But it covers things like each courtier who attends court gets free food and lodgings, but the luxury of those lodgings relates entirely to their level of wealth and how magnanimous the king is feeling towards them. I will take the book. I'll walk over to the book that Scriv, I assume, is leafing through and point out some of the, the sections including which rooms people have access to, how many servants everyone has, how much it costs for meat and fish to be purchased for each person, payment for those, purchase of wine and foodstuffs, stealing and violence rules, mealtimes, care of the king's belongings, his dogs, horses, chambers, possessions, anything that's in use or display, how many royal guards there are, and a detailed guideline for every servant in the king's chambers for when and how to do their work. I would like to sit at a table and start lightly banging my head against the table. Perfect! Time to practice! Everyone, sit at the table. We'll walk through table matters. I will sit down. And very robotically position myself in the fashion that is stated in the book. Rule number one, you have to wash your hands before sitting at the table. Basins will be provided. If you think you're going to eat a lot, undo your belt a little bit. Yes, never undo your belt during the meal. That's just bad manners. Did I mention how much food there will be? Maybe I didn't clarify. There's a lot of food. So it depends if you guys are feeling hungry when you get there. Just undo your belt ahead of time. It'll just make everything a little bit easier. Also, uh, hands... Nice and neat on the table, not 
on your lap or your belly. Doesn't matter how full you feel. I will warn you also, uh, if you make any sort of faux pas during this time, no one's going to call you out on it, but they'll talk about it later. Yeah, it's considered rude to point out bad behavior. So you just get ignored if you're behaving inappropriately. How many courses do we need to worry about? Three. This sounds like the worst thing in existence. I mean, I agree with you for the most part, but there's still really good food. And I gotta say, as much as I don't like my family, they make really good brandy. Yeah, and I think you'll like it. The food is served kind of uh, family style. You know, like they bring out portions of food for the people in a certain area of the table. So you're sort of sharing and breaking bread with those around you. Get to meet new people. I'm assuming all of you are going to be seated by each other anyway. So you can, of course, shift slightly, but only so far. Well, I assume we won't be getting the best food because your rank also determines what you're served. But anything's left at the end gets given to the poor. That's good. You guys, it's not going to be that bad. I'm trying to prepare you for the worst, so when you get there, you're ready, and you can just, well, not relax, but you can at least enjoy the experience. Okay. There are people from Solana. Do we need to worry about their etiquette? No, they're in our kingdom. Everyone has to observe the Miller ordinances when dining at the palace, so they would know what to expect. Also, I believe theirs is even more regimented. Yeah, you really don't want to go to a Solana and banquet from what I hear. I mean, at least we eat in the same room as people of higher rank. Oh, the highest rank uh, can see you if they want, but you can't see them. In Solana. Yeah. So the Solana elves are, at least for now, going to be forced to play by our rules. Yeah. Yeah, everyone that was part of the expedition is going to be there. Maybe this is a chance to talk with that, what was it, the... Traversal expert? Such a pretentious name for a guy who opened up a wall. Anyway, at the same time, it's Solana, and he knows magic, and maybe I can learn something about the amulet? Well, I know you talked at one point about going to Solana. The fastest way to get there would be with someone who can magically travel, or open an arcane gate. So, I think it's worth uh, getting to know. I don't even remember what his real name was if we got it, but we'll know when we see him. Yeah. Maybe Akiva can help you talk to him, elf to elf. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Elves prefer other elves anyways, particularly Solanan elves. Everyone else is below tier to that. You have the Solanan elves, other elves, everyone else. Oh boy, I can't even imagine what they would say if they knew I was a Shadark guy. I mean, you might be one of the lower tiers of elves for them. Still an elf. Still better than human McNormal guy here. So, yeah, I think that's worth pursuing. Another goal for the party besides... Well, get to know some nobles and see what jobs they might have. I wouldn't be surprised if there's things we could do easily and make some good money doing. Oh, I'm sure they'll want you to embarrass one other noble there, at least. That's almost always the case at these. Well, I don't know if we're in the business of embarrassing people. Can we call it information gathering? You can do some information gathering. That's an easy thing to do. That's another opportunity. If you want to learn more about what's going on with some of the noble families, like I know we have some information on the Stone Moors, just listening will be something that could help. Yeah, that's worth it. I mean, you could also get them to give you information if you want to pressure them that way. We could lean on them, is what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not really skilled in blackmail, so I'll pass. Yeah, I'm not- I mean, it's like me being a privateer. You have to choose your words carefully. There's a big smile on his face, by the way. We'll keep that as an option if it seems like we could get something useful. You mean, and I'll literally physically lean on Scriv. There's glitter on me now. All right, so we've got some goals. I'd like to get our company name out there. Let it be known that we're looking for work, looking for jobs, uh, for generous compensation. 
I mean, if you can get some attention of some nobles, that kind of stuff trickles down. If only we knew a noble who could help us. Oh, I plan to get your name out there, assuming you can also get me reasons to leave the palace. Permanently or like just to escape from the party? At least on occasion. We'll see what we can do. Appreciated. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And remember, always make good decisions. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our players' to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DMs notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. So we want to give a special shout out to our Adventure Tier and Above patrons. So thank you Waldron, Carol Morris, William McCracken, Ryan Rea Vermette, Mike C, Naked and Afraid, Feral Joe, Jeremy Kleinons, and a Linux fan. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Christopher Reinhardt for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw.